It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Out here in Hakumba, we're about an hour east of downtown San Diego right now. This is a very remote area that has seen an explosion of illegal crossings from Chinese migrants and Middle Eastern migrants. This is the area the cartel has been pushing them across for some reason. You can see some of them over my shoulder right now camped out off a major interstate out here waiting for Border Patrol to pick them up. Hey, Californians, an explosion of people sneaking into the country from China and the Middle East. Now that Texas has cracked down on their border crossings, China and the Middle East couldn't possibly anything go wrong there. Sounds great to me. That's more diversity, and diversity is our greatest strength. A little more from Bill Malusian. I came out before midnight. There were dozens of these migrants from all around the world who are camping out here with fires. It's chilly out here. Again, waiting for Border Patrol to pick them up. This is right off of Interstate 8 out here uh, in San Diego County, a main thoroughfare. Uh, there was not a single Border Patrol agent out here for hours when I was out here. All these people waiting to be picked up, uh, some from China, some from Turkey, some from Central America. They were just waiting. There you go. The number one issue, political issue in America. On one hand, you could make the argument that the Republicans had an opportunity to vote for the strongest border control measure that has made it that far in many, many, many years. On the other hand, you can make the true argument that a lot of your legal scholars are saying Joe Biden already has the power to shut down the border if he wants to. He just isn't because his left flank would kill him for it. Mm Mm-hmm. He wants somebody else to do it for him. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Uh, I've listened to some strategists talking about this. That you gotta have some concern that it, Biden times it right. Does a sister soldier moment, if you know that political 
nomenclature, uh, where you go against your own crowd a little bit and really win over a lot of people on the other side, if he could late in the game before the election solve, using my finger quotes, the immigration issue by doing the sorts of things he has the power to do today, and then does did the Republicans just lose the issue or get beaten on it or whatever? Takes all the fight out of it? You got to worry about that if you're on the Republican side. Absolutely an interesting question. Will he, uh, Bill Clinton-like, triangulate and win over the moderates at the very least? Uh, the My only problem with this scenario is that it all presupposes a coherent man doing all Or this. living. And not an incoherent one. Yeah, true enough. Let's start with, uh, uh, you know, extant, move to sentient. <laughs> And then to perhaps coherent. Does extant mean alive? Yes. Okay. He exists as a human. <laughs> okay. Having checked that box, let's move on to, you know, coherent. I got a fashion question for you, Katie Green. Came across this yesterday. This was in the New York Times. The return of towering hair. If you watched the Grammys last week, and I did. Miley Cyrus came out with big 80s hair, and according to uh, the New York Times and uh, hair salons around there, now, you know, they're the leading edge of fashion, but it will start to spread across the country, and it's time for a change, right? Hair's been the same for a while. You're probably too young to have ever had big hair, right? I just missed the 80s You just hair. missed big hair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming back, like all things do in fashion. Will you wear there the big hair? Will you wear the big hair? Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of big hair. Yeah, I, I, I like big hair, too. I, I remember girlfriends from many, many years past, back when big hair was a thing, how long it takes. Yeah. Um, it takes quite a while and quite a few cans of hairspray to get your hair to look like that. I always liked it as a look, but uh, yeah, it's coming back. So I guess prepare for that somehow, ladies. You're going to get a new haircut or be left behind. Yeah, true story. I did big hair this weekend and got a cramp in my shoulder. So that was fun. Just from the spraying. From, from, from well, because you have to kind of hold it up over your head, and right. I was crimping it in sections, and before I knew it, my right shoulder was screaming. Okay, so you're already doing leaning into big hair. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. big hair is back. Obviously, yeah. I wouldn't have known it until I read it. Then well, you don't want flat hair. I suppose I'll see it everywhere now. Cool. Hopefully. Will, uh, will Judy go big hair? No. How about like, you, Joe? Seriously, seriously down. Did she back in the day? Uh, tipped her cap to it in the very early days, back in the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, my wife, not one for hours of primping. Big hair. She is, uh, you know, uh, she's more of your point of view, Katie, although um, maybe even more so. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was a very special event. I am not one to spend more than like 15 minutes max on makeup and hair. I can't. I don't have the focus or the patience. It's and funny. I'm not good at it. <laughs> it's always been funny how fashions come and go. I mean, it's just it's just a thing. So when big hair was happening when I was young, it was kind of interesting to look at pictures from the, you know, the 60s and 70s when women had long, straight hair kind of parted in the middle, which is... Been in the fashion now for, like, quite a few decades, but uh, then it reverts back to the big hair. And then you've got it, depending on your age, and this happens for men and women, you've got to decide, okay, am I rolling with the change in the times now? Or have I decided I'm off the train? I'm off the train. No more changes for me. I'm staying where I am. 
to my shock and surprise, I have something to offer to this conversation. Uh, I was at a golf store over the weekend uh, stocking up on balls as mine seemed to have wandered off. Um, and, uh, and the new trend among the young stud uh, uh, players is blanket booty shorts. I mean, they are like I'm a hot chick on the way to the strip club shorts. Short shorts. Are to play golf for dudes? Are these heterosexual for golfers for dudes? Heterosexual yes, dudes. Yeah, well, I did not ask them which way they swung What's as they your perused the ranks. I'm Do you sorry, like dudes or, go- or girls? Because you're giving off, giving you're giving dudes <laughs> with the shorts. Yeah, you got to wait until they're done with their swing because you don't want to interrupt them. Nice shot. What's your sexuality? They are yeah, gay dudes of the '90s shorts. I mean, the inseam, I prefer they're practically uh, uh, pants. It's difficult to tell whether they're pants or shorts inseams. I like, uh, 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 I would prefer an 11-inch inseam, but I will take a 10. They were selling 7-inch inseam pants. Well, right. And, you know, to Katie's, you know, are these heterosexual men, you're too young to remember the 80s NBA, but... A lot of really heterosexual men, including like Will Chamberlain, who bedded 20,000 women, were wearing tiny, little, tight shorts to play sports in. It was just the style, and styles come and go just like the big hair. It's a pretty radical change, though. That's a perfect example of, are you going to just stay with what you are now and be out of style, or are you going to change with the times? The I don't first wear shorts, so you're the first one. Yeah. Yeah, shockingly. I, I know it's okay. Hanson just put up on the screen. Yep, golf shorts. And you got some that are down to the knee, but a whole bunch of that are short. And uh, I've noticed a lot of the college guys in the town I live in are wearing the shorts that I wore back when I wore shorts in the, like in high school and college. Those That's what shorts were. Yep. I had a PE class. Up little, until, little tiny shorts. Up until <laughs> what? Chris Weber and the Fab Five, 1990. Up until like 1990, that's what shorts were. Yeah. Yeah. And if you not on a bet, if you didn't sit down correctly, you showed the world everything you had. Hey, Joe, throw on these seven inch inseam booty shorts and you can come play Augusta National. You know what? I'm good. Thanks anyway. Wow, that's showing a lot of leg there on that guy. And that guy looks like 40 years old. That's a lot of leg. Hmm. We'll throw in Pine Valley, New Jersey, often called the greatest golf course in America. Just throw on these booty shorts. I'll show up in my 10-inch inseams. No. Okay. Thanks anyway. <laughs> Not a damn chance. I don't think they call them booty shorts. Well, that's it. Well, they ought to call them underpants. Come on, men. Do you think that the men who fought World War II would be seen in these little underwear shorts? Wow. The that's, great Arnold Palmer. That's interesting. So my kids are going to wear the shorts that I wore in high school. Because that's what's going to be popular for them by the time they're in high school. Yeah, for a cup of Gatorade, yeah. Or whatever weird drink they drink now. What's that called? That Prime. That Prime, okay. Yeah. It's horrible for you. The thing with the big hair for women is, it's not a minor change in haircuts. It's not like when you go from this kind of straight cut to that kind of straight cut. You're going to come into work one day and all of a sudden look completely different. <laughs> like, really, really different. Jack, didn't you get a perm? Yes, I did have a perm. I briefly had a bit of a, uh, a curl myself, Michael. I had a uh, I had the white man's fro briefly in college. Yeah, they were strange times. They folks, were. If you're too young to remember, they were.
Uh, things coming in out of style. That was my whole point. I, uh, as a balding man, though, the perm as you get balder, you look like Billy Crystal or a number of ba- uh, a number of uh, bald, curly-haired people. It's not a good look. Hmm. Wow, I didn't know that guys in the golf course were wearing the short shorts again, though. Getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the NBA still wearing long shorts. I don't think there's a big star yet that has rolled out the short shorts. That will happen really soon. The NBA embarrassed itself yesterday. We'll talk about that later this hour with their all-star game in which nobody tried at all. Final score, 211 to 186. <laughs> yes, you heard correctly. Two teams scored almost 400 points, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Other important things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In a cowardly way, they're hiding his body, not showing to his mother, not giving to his mother. They're lying and they're waiting for the traces of another of Putin's Novichok to disappear. So that's Alexei Navalny's wife 
saying that the same thing is happening again. So the first time Putin tried to kill her husband and was unsuccessful, uh, put some of that Novichuk poison on a water bottle in a hotel room. All you got to do is touch this stuff and you're going to die, most likely. Um, Very few countries have this stuff. You have to be an extreme expert to be able to use it at all without dying yourself. It's one of the reasons you know it's got to be a a big country and 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 you know some some high level people to be able to even have this stuff transport it get it into a hotel room. Anyway, they almost killed Navalny with it years ago, and um, he went to a, a hospital in Russia initially, and they held him there and wouldn't let anybody in. Why? Because that stuff leaves your system within forty eight hours, and then oh well, we don't know what happened to him. There's no way to tell he was ever poisoned. He got, I forget what the mechanism was, but they got him out of there and got him to Germany. He was in a hospital in Germany for a while. Then he went back to Russia. Almost immediately sent to jail, been in prison the whole time. Died on Friday, as you know, quite possibly from this same highly deadly nerve agent again. And they might be doing the same thing all over again, as his wife is suspecting there. Not going to let anybody look at the body until enough days have gone by that you can't find the trace of the poison. I'm not sure how much difference it makes. Is there anybody who doubts that Putin killed the guy? Well, and often Putin will kill people in the most nakedly or or, or scantily covered up fashion to send a message. Yeah, look whole, what I can do. Yeah. Fear me. Yeah, exactly. I can reach out and touch you wherever you are. So don't get too comfortable or don't go against me. I took in quite a bit of Navalny stuff over the weekend with my kids because I want my kids to see it and just understand what some people are capable of doing we see every day on the news what some people are capable of doing awful things mm. uh it was nice to see what some people are capable of doing incredible bravery and patriotism and um and risking it all to try to make a difference i just came across this because on the 60 minutes piece about navalny from years ago he was talking about how he had been an atheist his whole life but had recently uh found faith and then i came across this quote which i hadn't read If you want, I'll talk to you about God and salvation. I'll turn up the volume of heartbreak to the maximum, so to speak. The fact is that I'm a Christian, which usually rather sets me up as an example for constant ridicule in the Anti-Corruption Foundation. That's the group he was part of. Because mostly our people are atheists, and I was once quite a militant atheist myself. But now I'm a believer, and that helps me a lot in my activities because everything becomes much, much easier. I think about things less. There are fewer dilemmas in my life because there is a book in which, in general, it is more or less clearly written what action to take in every situation. It's not always easy to follow this book, of course, but I'm actually trying. And so, as I said, it's easier for me probably than for many others to engage in politics. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. I've always thought that this particular commandment is more or less an an instruction to activity. And so while certainly not really enjoying the place where I am, I have no regrets about coming back or about what I'm I'm doing. It's fine because I did the right thing. On the contrary, I feel a real kind of satisfaction because at some difficult moment, I did as required by the instructions and did not betray the commandment. That's him in 2021. That's what character sounds like. That's really interesting. That is something, yeah. Yeah, the reason he was able to, and if you've seen the video, be joking with the judge and the guard the day before he was murdered, when he was handed down an extension to his sentence, is because what he just said there. I'm doing the right thing, so all my worries are gone. Uh, No decisions to make. I'm doing the right thing. Wow. 
Wow, what a what a human, what a man! And, I remember uh, being blown away and uh, having watched the uh, the documentary about him as well, Navalny. Um, and just contemplating, we were talking about Lincoln earlier. He he was a regular guy. He when he got punched by guards, it hurt just as much as as if you got punched by a guard. You know, and he he loved his family, and the idea of his kids growing up without him was every bit as painful to him as it would be to you or me. But he did what he thought he should do. And it's interesting if you followed any of the news over the weekend, the way Putin is cracking down on any of the commemorations of the death or honoring of his death. People laying flowers at various memorials or marching in the street over and Putin's arresting people left and right, fining people. The very least, I'm certain, taking down their names and addresses to uh, affect them in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's a brutal, selfish, amoral, awful human being. A dictatorial torturer and murderer and denier of basic human rights. Right. And, if, and a mobster. And he's got the biggest nuclear arsenal on planet Earth. Whoops. And we've got some journalists who, uh, who uh, think he's got a better system than we've got. Which is nutso. It's delusional, yeah. What is you going to do? We got a little more on President's Day for you. Something from uh, an Abe Lincoln book I came across that I really like. He's the number one president, according to the most recent list that came out. It's an idiotic list, but <laughs> him being a toppet is not idiotic. Now they got, got a, some stuff on how poor he was, too. Yeah, they got it right on the top. Certainly the top one. Biden being ahead of Reagan on the new list is pretty hilarious, though. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man 
it's called Mal Evans, who's on loading. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Someone must tell me how there can be an Ozempic shortage and yet nobody will admit to taking it. (laughs) It's kind of like when you come home to find garbage strewn about your kitchen and your dog looks at you like, I don't know how it happened. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) That is kind of interesting. There's a shortage of Ozempic because so many people want to do the quickie weight loss. You don't. Do you have to change your lifestyle at all to lose weight with that? Eat better and exercise, or do you just get to take the pill? I think you you get full a lot more quickly. Right. So you end up changing your lifestyle in effect. What is the Lincoln book about his second inaugural that I liked so much? It's going to mention Lincoln books. Um... Yes, I know that. I may even have a copy of it. I haven't read it yet. Fantastic. Anyway, so there's a new um, academics put together a list of the best presidents. They have a Lincoln on top, which is fine. It's almost always either Lincoln or Washington on any list. The rest of the list gets pretty stupid as they have Biden at 14 and and, and, and Reagan at 16. Biden ahead of... Biden! So uh, here's my argument. And without arguing... Anything else? How about the fact that Biden's currently losing to Trump in the polls? How about that fact that Biden has the lowest approval rating of any president at this point, going back to Eisenhower? That does does that fit with your your uh, assessment that he's the fourteenth best president of all time? If you were to administer truth serum to the academics who compiled this list, they will tell you, yeah, we hate Trump so much, we're going to pretend that Biden's a great president just so we can try to keep Trump out. And yes, we'll we'll trade our credibility as academics for that goal. Uh, you just stated it. Yes, that is exactly what happened there. So I was thinking of a different Lincoln book earlier. My favorite Lincoln book is Lincoln by David Her- uh, Herbert Donald, which was considered the best Lincoln book up until... A new one came out a while back, but it came out in the 90s. A man with three first names, and I could never remember which order they went in, though I loved the book. Anyway, uh, this is from the beginning that I've always remembered. Abraham Lincoln was not interested in his ancestry. In his mind, he was a self-made man who had no need to care about his family tree. Part of that because he hated his dad so much, which is pointed out a lot in the Burlingame biography of Lincoln. He hated his dad because his dad basically sold him into slavery. Lincoln didn't even go to his own dad's funeral. That's how much he thought of his own dad. Anyway, in 1859, when he's running for president, a writer for the Chicago Tribune proposed to write his campaign biography. Lincoln told him, It is a great piece of folly to attempt to make anything out of my early life. It can all be condensed into a single sentence, and that sentence you will find in Gray's Elegy. The short and simple annals of the poor. That's my life, and that's all you or anyone else can make of it. I've always thought that was interesting, because if you're super-duper poor, it's all the same, probably. There's just not a lot of 
Not a lot of detail you need. Every day was how do you get enough to eat and stay dry? The end. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, uh, Berlin game who unleashed uh, two volumes on us as opposed to Donald's uh, one. Uh, in in uh, volume one, uh, he goes into Lincoln's earlier life in, in a fair amount of detail, which I found mind-blowing when I read it for the first time. I'm just going to hit you with a little bit of it. This section is entitled Hardships in Frontier, Indiana. The Lincolns quickly erected a crude shelter called a half-faced camp. This temporary expedient was commonly thrown up by pioneers, had three pole walls and a roof of poles and brush. Where the fourth wall would be on the southern exposure, a fire was kept burning in cold weather. So they lived in the wintertime in a three-sided shack. Uh, the Lincoln's pole house had animal skins that covered the open side when the wind howled and the fire was out. It was in this structure which Dennis Hanks unfondly called, quote, that darned little health, half-faced camp that the family lived for an undetermined time, probably several months. Hanks' distaste for that camp, which he and his foster parents, that, that was uh, Lincoln's uh, stepbrother, I believe, um, uh, is understandable. It would be relatively comfortable in warm, dry weather, but when winter storms raged and the south wind blew rain and smoke into their faces, it proved nearly intolerable. Acquaintances of the Lincolns testified that young Abe lived, quote, amid want, poverty, and discomfort that was about on the plane of the slaves he was destined to emancipate, and they described the winter of 1816 to 1817 quote, as a veritable childhood valley forge of suffering. And that was before his father sold him into virtual slavery, where Lincoln labored all day, every day, uh, for no recompense. All of the money went to his, his abusive dad. And then uh, they go into how wild the region was, uh, whether it was in uh, in Kentucky or Indiana, where they settled. settled. Um uh, that, uh, they observed the eyes of wolves reflecting light from the fireplace, looking in through the cracks in their walls. There are literal wolves outside waiting for somebody to venture out. Then, interestingly, kind of on a different theme, but um, when Abe was seven years old, he shot a wild turkey with a, uh, with a rifle. Uh, he later recalled that event with a regret and never again raised his gun at, uh, at game. Hmm. Didn't like killing animals. Had no interest in it. Uh, he had hardly any schooling whatsoever, either. That is Al- correct. Almost none. Yeah. Like Washington, who, you know, there were only four universities on the continent, I believe, when Washington was young. They were self-schooled, but extremely disciplined and enthusiastic about it. That's because they didn't have Nintendo Switches. If they had Nintendo Switches, they wouldn't have done so much reading. Lincoln's sister, Sarah, who was only 11 when her mother died, assumed the domestic responsibilities of cooking, cleaning, Washington, washing, mending clothes, and spinning wool. I got to tell my 12-year-old that when I get home today. 11 years old. In the wake of Nancy's death, Lincoln's unsympathetic father failed to provide Abe with adequate care, and partly as a result, Lincoln would be, would be plagued with depression as an adult. At one point, Thomas left his two young children with their young cousin, Sophie Hanks, to fend for themselves while he drifted down the Ohio River to sell pork. He again left the children when he wooed Sarah Bush Johnson in Kentucky, etc. So they're little kids living in the woods, you know, freezing cold conditions, crappy, crappy dirt floor accommodations, and dad would just disappear for days and weeks at a time. 
Unbelievable. Well, the 11-year-old, you know, dealt with all the quote-unquote womanly chores. So he, uh, he, I know from reading so many of these books, he credits a lot of who he was to his stepmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who he adored. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's where this comes from. But it, like you mentioned earlier, it's interesting how some people can come out of that background and decide, you know what? The world screwed me. I don't owe anybody anything. And, you know, and cheat people their whole lives and steal their whole lives or, you know, live a life of crime or whatever. Or murder, whatever, to you're so angry at the world. And then some people go the direction he went, and others, and he's not the only one. But You wonder if Sarah Bush Lincoln hadn't come into his life, which, uh, which way his life would have turned. But she was a kind and compassionate person who took an immediate like to Abe. They were kindred spirits and encouraged him and, and probably saved his life and his soul. I feel like we're spending too much time on Abraham Lincoln and not enough on... Millard Fillmore. Or the great Joseph R. Biden, 14th greatest president, according to this new poll, which is idiotic on a level which is difficult to describe with my meager vocabulary. You know, you're you're absolutely right what you said. It's a bunch of academics thinking maybe this will help him beat Trump because I hate Trump. Yeah. Because I saw a number of places, a headline or an intro, whether I was reading or watching, Finally, a good poll for Biden. Okay, well, it's not quite the same as a poll where you ask the public's opinion, in which he's got the lowest numbers anybody's had in 70 years, 65 years, something like that. Um, uh, it's a poll of academics with an agenda. But you still get to say, finally, some good news polling for Biden. As he ranks ahead of Ronald Reagan. According Don't to Reagan. mess with him in America unless you want to get the benefit. Known as his get a benefit speech. Play that other clip that we played earlier where he, uh, where he gets stuck there for a while. Uh, 80. Do whatever the hell they want. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. We have a long way to go, man. Boy, and that visual, the visual of oh. those moments when he does that. Oh. He shuts down and he stammers and his eyes are closed and he shakes a little bit. And yeah. He's trying to get it together. Right. Uh, let me address my fellow Americans and say, dudes, can we quit pretending with this stuff? Mm-hmm. This guy is really, really struggling. Yeah, that's how you end up with almost 9 out of 10 people saying he's too old to be president. Joe Biden has so much energy. We struggle to keep up with him. I'm 40 years old, and I can barely keep up with him. Well, I would call your doctor right now. (laughs) Don't even wait till lunchtime. Call him now. Yeah, you might want to do that standing up, sitting down chair exercise test I was talking about earlier. If you can't keep up with Joe Biden. Four score and bad a half care ago. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game was ridiculous yesterday. And what does that say about modern young people? More broadly. Oh, no. More broadly. Old man shouts at clouds. More broadly, if you're not a sports fan. Get off my backcourt. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. And we have 26 seconds to go. 208. To 186, half-court Lillard, yes! 
Might have just sold it right there. Damian Lillard with a triple. From half court, he's got 39. Uh, so the NBA All-Star game, final score was 211-186, I think. <laughs> so I just, I didn't watch it. Uh, I used to watch the All-Star game every year. I even attended one year, 1985, 86, something like that. Man, there were some legends of the game on the court that day. But um, they, they used to play, it was always a high-scoring game, but they used to play some defense. Like the high scoring would be, it'd be like 116, 114 or something. Hmm. Not 200 to 200. And <laughs> I was watching, and, and the ratings have been going down, 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 down over the years. First of all, the best players in the game used to compete in the slam dunk competition. Now, none of the best players compete. The winner of the slam dunk competition is somebody you've never, even if you're an NBA fan, it's somebody you've never heard of every single year. I read a headline, he'd only gotten into two games. Yeah, it's people that don't play. You're hoping to make a name for yourself, so maybe you get on a team or get a endorsement because you don't play. Or, or you're just bored. <laughs> but so what changed with sports? I, I was listening to a sports commentary talk about this happened in the NFL. That's why they had to change the Pro Bowl. It's happened to a certain extent in the Major League Baseball All-Star Game where they've changed all kinds of rules to try to get people to compete. People used to compete just on, in baseball particularly, there was a real National League's better than American League or vice versa thing. In the the NBA, there was a East is better than West or West is better than East thing. They cared about showing that, no, East is better. Now nobody cares. Is Mm -hmm. that a they make too much money? Is that a... I only care about myself, young people thing. Can you ascribe any bigger thing to it, or is, am I overthinking it? Little of the, all those things. They're playing for money and not pride. Um, because, you know, I'm much more a baseball fan than a basketball fan, but I know the idea of I get to take the mound and, and every guy I'm going to face is one of the greatest hitters in the game. And if I can manage that, if I can strike him out or get him out, that, that makes me look, I mean, that's an incredible challenge. Now they don't care. All they think about is, Hey, if I get hurt or whatever, I'm risking a lot of money. So, but they, but that was always true. It was always true that if you got hurt, you were risking a lot of money. Not as much when you go way, way back. But, I mean, in the in the 80s, 90s, people were making lots of money, and they tried. Yeah, yeah but it's just the culture of sports has changed a lot. It's not about tradition anymore and pride and, um, well, there's a, some amount of pride, but it's much more, it's just about money. And it's much more individual, too. I know the culture of baseball, rookies come into the clubhouse and it, forever. In the game, you would defer to the the veterans. They would show you the ropes. You'd be respectful to the umpires, to the 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 uh, uh, the clubhouse people, whatever. And it's just changed. Guys come in there with their personal trainers and their agents, and they're about them. They got their headphones on, and it's just different different culture. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to just be old man yells at clouds and my era was better than your era sort of person. I'm just trying to figure out if there's any been any cultural change worth noting or it's just i don't know who knows what uh the ratings are super down they the less than four million people they suspected watched the nba all-star game yesterday which makes you wonder why anybody's talking about it because that's nobody nobody there's some youtube video they got way more views (laughs) over the weekend than that oh that's guaranteed that would make more sense to be talking about if you just wanted to talk about things that are popular 
Yeah, if Mr. Beast vacuumed his car, it got 10 times as many views <laughs> as the NBA All-Star Game. Right. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. That's pretty funny. Um, Final thoughts with Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, Michelangelo pressing the buttons. Michael. Yeah, I might break out my little shorts I wore in the seventh grade for PE. <laughs> See if I can still fit in them, you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Got white legs, but I'll, maybe I'll wear some in one day and you guys can let me know how I look. Oh, boy. Uh, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie. Well, Michael, if you do that and we get Jack and Joe to wear them, I'll wear my old basketball shorts, and then I'll be the one wearing the longest shorts in the studio. There you go. Yeah. Different era. Fantastic. Jack, a final thought for us? Can any parent relate to this? I texted a few people yesterday that seemed to be able to. I took my kids sledding. We got there. There was some whining on the way. They got in an argument there. One of them went back to the car. The other was crying about something else. They were wet and cold and didn't like the food. And I thought, why do I even do this? I was able to rescue it and turn it around at some point. But there was a moment there where I was thinking, why do we even try to do this? I tell you what, ship them out to a three-sided lean-to in Indiana in the wintertime. Yeah. Like Lincoln put up with. Right. Huh? My final thought is I'd like to congratulate, uh, where is it, Warren G. Harding, who moved up two slots in the presidential ratings poll and now trades Millard Fillmore, who's down two slots by a mere one-half of a point. Oh, it's... Two, three and a half points. Anyway, Harding closing on Fillmore. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on the best president's list. Armstrong and Duh. Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. What a load of crap. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Got some hot links for you. Drop a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up some swag. Got some good t-shirts. I'll bet that list was purely commissioned for what you said. Just to place Biden up high and Trump at the bottom and get attention. Biden, the 14th greatest president in American history, in the top 15, ahead of Reagan and Monroe and Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, hilarious. Hilarious. We'll see you tomorrow when everybody's back to work. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do. Quite frankly, I have a lot of questions as well. What do we want to be, losers or winners? I want winners. Well, let me see. I'm not right or wrong. You're a loser. All right. It's like rain on your wedding day. It comes in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It did me no good whatsoever. Okay. On that high note, thank you all very much. Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. 
Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.